All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 276 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board. Today I'm joined by Marcus Almighty, Mark... Greetings. St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, St. Louis. Wow. Uh, Lottie, supporter Whoa. of teams that are losers. That's my calling card. That's my calling card. That's my calling card. And I'm just enjoying myself tremendously. Both my <laughs> both my teams are 5-0. and oh, You know, Tom Brady, Jimmy G. <laughs> yep. Life could be worse. You could be the Cowboys and lose to the Jets. And 69th Blizzard Ken. Hey. Guys, good, good to see you all again. Thank you for being part of the show and being willing to come back week after week after week of my insults and lame attempts at humor. Um, <laughs> on the upside, I did remember to press record. I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot of Kiss news this past week. Um, one of my other favorite bands has just announced that they're going to dig into the archive. And in 1980, they recorded a live album and never did anything with it. They were going to use some of the songs for an EP, apparently. So Def Leppard is finally mm. going to put out a recording that was you know, mentioned in the press in 1980 and Melody Makers. So they're digging into the archives you know, celebrate its 40th anniversary next year. Um, which just makes you think of bands that you'd love to do the same sort of thing who just don't instead sell you more Hello Kitty and perfume and <laughs> stuff like that. And even with Death Leopard, I'm a little bit annoyed that it, they should have packaged that up and put it in the freaking box set of vinyl yeah. we all just bought. But, <laughs> you know. Beggars can't be choosers. There's also a 1981 show, for which I'm sure will come with a special edition of High and Dry um, the following year. Okay, but enough about Def Leppard, since that is not the topic of this show. This week, we're going to talk about Kiss Alive 2. It's been a couple of years since we'd last uh, kind of you know dedicated an episode to that album. And October the, what is it, 28th, 24th, 14th? <laughs> it varies. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. It's, you're it's, gonna make someone mad on fa- on social media if you get the date. That is not yeah. the oh, correct yeah. date. Hey, you know, um, I don't mind cor- correcting everyone. Um, <laughs> it's nice to be accurate and to have the details and all that. Um, the tone could bring those dials down. Di- bring the dials down a little bit because I think people will hear the message more. You know, lay out all your evidence because they did a hell of a lot of research in coming up with the actual accurate dates. Um, you know that most of these albums were released, and it's you know it, you just know every February there's going to be a, a war for the first Kiss album, and in October you know Creatures and Alive Two and all that's just going to become a war. Um, doesn't matter. They were released. We've got yeah. it, and today we're going to talk about Alive 2, so let's just go around the table and, again, do first impressions of the mighty, or not so mighty as the case may be, Kiss Alive 2, and your first memories of hearing that album. And, Ken, I'm not going to start with you because you've always got the best story with this one. Uh, long ago. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I bought I bought Alive 2. My first copy of Alive 2 was on CD, you know, in those big, fat Double oh, disc, yeah, yeah. double disc things that they had before the remasters, and I always thought, it, and I, you know, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I immediately could recognize that the crowd noise was really pumped in a whole lot more so than a live one, and could really tell, you know, a, a production difference even as a kid. And I, but I, but I liked the album. It had it had songs off, you know, a, you know, decent showing off Destroyer, which I really like. Sorry, Mark, and. I, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. And then there was a vinyl store down the street, not down the street, maybe a mile or so away from me that I used to ride, ride my bike to. Um, and they had it on vinyls. The first time this is, this is probably about 95 or so. I saw it on vinyl for the first time, you know, and I'm at the record store and I open it up and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And there's, 
you know, there, there's a booklet. I had no idea. You know, I'm 15 years old. I wasn't a kid in the 70s. And I, you know, I, I didn't it, it was like rediscovering the album all over again. You know, seeing, seeing the booklet, seeing the inner sleeves, seeing the tattoos and the order forms. I'm like, oh, I got to save up my money. I got to I got to buy this because this is, you know, look at look at the, the gatefold instead of just, you know, the inner. Yeah. You know, the inner of the CD, seeing that the, 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 the full gatefold was was so much more impressive than just the inside of the CD. Um, and it really kind of just brought the album into full effect for me when I saw that for the first time. Had to have it because it's like the best, in my opinion, it's the best done in collector collector item Kiss, Kiss album there is. So um, it's great. I could definitely tell the production, you know, was was very different than Alive, but but I I enjoy it and I enjoyed it then and I and I still do. Yeah, for such a shitty front cover. It's really got an impressive <laughs> gatefall when you open it up. It's like the out the front cover is all meh to me with that big ass mm-hmm. logo and the four. I mean, it's it's like come on, they had some fantastic designers and that's all they could come up with. But then you open it up and you're like, wow, now that's more yeah. like it. So I mean, it's like a Playboy centerfold of rock <laughs> and flame and pyro. Um, so that 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 was to me my memory of it. But I bought it on cassette first and. Because of the album cover, I didn't buy it early on, but I did buy it because of those five new songs, and I immediately put on the second cassette, fast-forwarded to get to the second side, and played the new songs. So I didn't give <laughs> two shits about hearing Alive 2 when it had five brand new songs on it. Mm-hmm. I went straight to those, probably like a lot of people pulled a record out of the sleeve in 1977, went straight to side four or side D, whatever the hell it was called. Yeah. So, you know, I was more interested in the new songs. When I did finally listen to the album, it doesn't hold a candle to, um, you know, alive. And while I always liked that they didn't replicate or duplicate the songs that they'd had on that first album, it feels so weird to, as a listening experience that it, it's awkward and uncomfortable. And it also sounds like shit. Um, I do not like the Sonics whatsoever on this album. I much prefer a bootleg from that. The you know the Tokyo. I lost a lot too. I, either and or i mean come on just give me any from the love gun alive two tours and that's basically the same thing only it's got all those missing songs in and it sounds a hell of a lot better in most cases so the summit usually was the one that i listened to um from that mark what about your first memories of it uh again the first memory for me with this record has all centered around my older sister I, this was that album that i mentioned before that i went up to my sister's friend's place there and they were listening to it and they had it all pinned up on their wall, the album cover and stuff like that. And I was totally in, in awe of this album. And I got to agree with Lonnie. It, it is definitely the best, you know, piece of collecting merchandise that they had at that point, because I clearly remember those guys coming up to me and saying, Hey man, check this out. Look, there's like a booklet in here and there's tattoos and stuff. And I was all like, wow, what the hell? Like this, I've never seen that before with a record, you know? having all these things in there. And uh, I remember um, when I first heard it, that audience was really like screechy, especially on this guy's stereo system. He didn't have like the world's greatest hi-fi system. So it was really like, wow, like piercing. But uh, they did end up listening to those other sides. Because I remember my this, this Thanksgiving that just passed here in Canada, the, the weekend that passed, we had Thanksgiving here. And uh, I was over on my sisters and my older sister and I were talking about this, ironically enough, that they were listening to side four and one of her older friends there liked it. But they this is this is you can tell these guys are totally like true Canadian blooded people, because as soon as they heard rocking in the USA, they kind of went like rocking in the US. Like They were like they they didn't. They they kind of took that like as a jab like what what about us we we made your songs number one too you know like they were they took it so personally that it was rocking in the USA no mention of Canada you know meanwhile I'm just like oh these are cool songs I had nothing to I had no comment about that I didn't really care to be honest with you but it was interesting that uh, Jane my sister remembers that comment that they actually put their nose up a bit after all they are French Canadian so they are they're a little too uh you know. They're a little too uh, prideful in their Canadian heritage, let's just say. So, but anyways, they were they were they're cool guys. I I still see one one or two of those guys every once in a blue moon around the old neighborhood. But you know, it, it's a good record. I I think for what it was worth, uh, it kept the band you know 
in the spotlight and you know everybody was talking about that in school about those cool tattoos and stuff like that so it did what it was supposed to do we've been to canada too there wasn't much to do eh? wow <laughs> Ooh. Damn. Jack is home. <laughs> all right ken uh, again you, your, your story is well known have at it all right well 77 Yes, I came. I moved to California, and uh, one of the first friends that I uh, had here, he, he of course played me. It was probably around April of that year. Um, he played me, you know, rock and roll over um, the beginning of that, and uh, and I kind of just got hooked right then and there. Um, but I don't think I bought it anything right away um, obviously um, because I, I waited for until live alive 2 came out and it didn't doesn't matter I was gonna say it doesn't matter what day it came out it, it, what matters is I bought it at yeah. some day at some point and you bought it at some point and yeah. all the other people who bought it um, that's the key date for me um, so yeah later in the year I bought it we 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 rode our bikes again. I I've said this story before. We rode our bikes down downtown to <laughs> to what was called the Bill's Drugs Store. Um, you know those drugs? No, I wasn't buying any drugs or anything. Bill's Drugs, eh? Uh, <laughs> but uh, they had, you know, all the drugstores back then. They had, and they still do. Either after a while, they had CDs and stuff like that. But they had vinyl albums. Section, you know, a small selection of them. And he went down there looking through them, and, and then that's when I saw it. You know, I saw the album. Like, it's like, okay, I know I need to get this. I said, does it have, you know, Calling Dr. Love on it? Yes. And, you know, I checked that off, and uh, I said, okay, I'm going to get it. And uh, this is this is the actual album. My it's first still in good shape for having it when you're a kid. Yeah, it's still still pretty good shape, uh, surprisingly. Shape. Yeah, I took care of my Kiss stuff pretty good. <laughs> um so yeah, and then I we proceeded, rode home and and threw it on. I remember, and I the first thing I did when I came in the front door, I went to my mom's and I said, "Hey, we're back. Look what I got." And I showed her. I said, "Look at this. This guy, get the blood on." She said, "She said, kiss the devil's music." No, and actually, Ken, give me that album. She just kind of went, oh, "That's nice, kid." And that's. That was it. You know, she she was, you know, lenient with my music um, and things like that, So, which was cool. Um, so that's the story, at least, for, for getting it. I actually, I actually listened to the album. I didn't know it was pumped in audience, um, you know, until later on, of course. Yeah. Back then, I, I didn't know. I mean, the only other thing live I had at that point, I had Barry Manilow live, which, which came out the same year. And that had a lot of audience sound in it. Um, but uh, the only difference is they quieted down when he started to sing and play his music, where where the Kiss songs, it's just constantly pumping through the whole thing, yeah, I know. Uh, the way they did it. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed the album. I actually like the sound of the album. I mean, yeah, it's not one of the – maybe it doesn't compare it to a live, but it's a lot better than, you know – Alive three, it's a lot better than that album. Yeah, you um, like that one better? What? Alive three? No, no, you like Alive two better than three? Oh, like sonic, it's, it's, sonically wise, I mean. Sonically, I think it's a lot better. Just to me, to my ears, it's a lot better. Um, and I, I like the music, and I gravitated towards, like I said, Calling Doctor Love, Christian Sixteen, and then I started figuring out the other songs, and then. Okay, now I'm gonna get double platinum, and then I'm gonna start. Then I start getting the other albums, and so yeah. on. So uh, it's it just kind of holds a special thing for me um, because of you know it's the first one. It's the thing that really got me started on this kiss. kiss beginning thing. of the road. <laughs> yeah, beginning of the road. Yeah. Right. As we're nearing the end of the road, right. Yeah, what a way to start a crazy kiss journey. Some people mm -hmm. enter with a live two, others enter with asylum. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah. know which one I would prefer to have entered with, but uh, 
you know what? Boney M was too popular. Kiss wasn't getting into my world in 1977. So, <laughs> what, when you think about it, you know, we've already talked about some of our, our negative feelings about this album. What are the positives that you take out of Kiss Alive 2 as a piece of product, as a representation of, you know, Kiss's catalog performed live 1976 and 77, essentially, because there's nothing 75 or earlier on it. Lonnie. Um, I think it's a good time. I think it's a good um, signature of what Kiss was about. And so, I don't know, I take that back. It's an okay signature of what Kiss was about in 77, because it does have you know, Tomorrow and Tonight on there, which was never performed live. And I think, mm-hmm. and I understand, and, you know, and it has Harlock Woman, which, you know, wasn't, that wasn't really live either. And I think that's really a shame that we really kind of jammed those songs in there um, for the sake of jamming those songs in there, instead of putting something like Take Me on there, which, which really should have been on there because that, that was a staple in the set list at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it would have been a better representation of what seeing Kiss in that time was all about i get it why they didn't put songs off off of a live one on there i mean think about it a live one it only came out a year prior to that i mean two years prior to that so it's still two years i mean we haven't had a kiss album since 2000 we haven't had an official kiss album since 2012 so i mean you think about that it was only two years ago i mean it's and Mm -hmm. i'm still probably selling halfway decent at that point and only two years later you know, do we really want to put songs that are off that one on this one? Well, it may kill a live one if we put up songs from a live one on a live two. So I get it. But at the same time, I think putting songs on there that weren't really performed live isn't a good representation of what Kiss was. I think you, I think the song selection really could have been a lot better than what it, it turned out to be. Yeah, I mean, that's a really fair point. Though I will go back and say that Hard Luck Woman was performed live. Not a whole lot, Art. but at least... Not, it, yeah. You know, okay, at, least yeah. it, at least it had been. Tomorrow and Tonight never had been. Got Love no. for Sale was performed once. Um, Loving Them and Leave Them was performed a few times. Um, Hooligan, Take Me. And- Hooligan, Take Me. There you go. Swap out Tomorrow and Tonight and Hard Luck Woman for Hooligan and Take Me. You still have the equal amount of representation off of Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun that you were looking for, for whatever reason. We had to have equal share of each of the three albums. Fine. But swap out those two, which were played more regularly. Yeah. Silly. Mark, what are your, your thoughts on it? Well, I'm, I think, again, as a product, I think it's a very positive. I think I remember dozens of people saying that story about when they first get the album, how they, you know, plot themselves on the floor and open up the gatefold and just get themselves lost in that picture, just imagining the concert and being there and listening to the album. I think it's, you know, definitely a moment in people's childhood that's very strong, especially if you're a Kiss fan. But I, I have to say, though, that the songs, I think, um, even though they're, you know, not the best sonically sounding, I think the performances of them though were pretty decent. I mean, the, the three songs that come to mind that I really like on here, like for example, "Ladies Room." I always preferred the live version of "Ladies Room" than the one on "Rock and Roll Over." I just think that the guitars are a little bit more heavier hitting on the live version, and so I've always liked that version of it better than the studio one. And even you know, "Calling Doctor Love" and stuff like that, I thought. You know, the live versions were always fantastic from from uh, their concerts. And I think they were lucky that they had a decent version of that as well on the album itself. So I, I think that it's a it's a good representation of it. Uh, I think that the guitar solo section this time was a little bit better, I think, than it was on a live one. I think they gave them a little bit more time, I think, than on a live one. On a live one, it seems like the solo was over and done before I know it. But they did kind of trim Peter Chris's solo down a bit on Live 2 compared to Live 1. So there was a little give and take there. But, you know, the, the only the only thing that I had a real issue with besides the sonics of it and the whole audience thing was the fact that, like Lonnie said, it's not a real representation of their live show, whereas a Live 1 was more an accurate depiction of their of a show when you go to see it. I mean, this was just all over the place. I mean, that little thing that you told asked us to do with reconstructing the album, I mean, I'd had that in mind when I reconstructed my album this time, too, is that I tried to make it more like an actual live record because that's the one thing that bugs me about this album. 
Yeah, and uh, you know we'll get to that part of this uh, very shortly. You know, good thoughts on that, Ken. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I like the you know the packaging was great. Yeah, the cover could have been a little bit better. Uh, everything else was cool there. Um, as for the songs, um, yeah, I understand that they, you know, didn't want to release uh, these the same songs that were on Alive uh, just two years later. Though you know. It was, Three studio, you know, yeah, three studio albums worth of, of music. So they decided, well, well, we'll we'll make that, you know, like we did with Alive. It kind of represents the first three. This represents the second three. Um, but the but the music, uh, you know, yeah, there's songs that they crammed in there. Um, I know we're probably gonna go over some songs that we think probably should be on there um, versus maybe not. Uh, on there but uh, yeah I, I think it's just i had nothing to compare it to when i bought it i hadn't heard alive yeah. i hadn't heard really any other kiss what a weird point. alternative universe you come from yeah <laughs> when so, i bought it i had i hadn't heard alive i mean that just blows yeah. my yeah. mind yeah i hadn't heard alive so uh, and i and this is the first one i got i mean yeah i heard a little bit of uh probably the first side of rock and roll over before I before hearing this, um, but then, and I think I heard Doctor Love on the radio some back then, and even Hard Luck Woman. Um, but uh, then, uh, and Christine Sixteen actually on the radio. But then, you know, I was like, okay, oh yeah, these have those songs, and I thought, okay, this is it. I'll start here. Um, and so, and again, I'll, the only live I could, could compare it to was, I think. I had a couple of their live albums, I think. Like I said, one was Barry Manilow. And, um, it, but there was nothing to compare it to as far as a live. I thought, okay, this is what they sound like. This is what a concert's going to be like with Kiss. And when I opened the middle, I like, ooh, this is what's going to happen. This is all this, you know, <laughs> thing, things, you know, World War, you know, three going on on stage. Um, I thought, yeah, I'm in. So, and then I had to wait, you know, two years before I could actually see them in concert so and then wow had they changed by that point <laughs> Super <laughs> if you think you go from <laughs> alive again. to alive to to return a kiss wow yeah. way to make the mind pop all right so um mark you've already listed a couple of your you know top tracks but you know here, here's the first question from the song what are your three favorite live songs from this album and your favorite studio cut so i'm going to go first because mm-hmm. i didn't I, I don't feel like I've talked enough today. Um, easily, I Stole Your Love is my favorite live cut off this album. Always loved it. Making Love, always loved that live performance. And Detroit Rock City, great opener, just fantastic all the way through. They're actually, you know, every version on this album, I think, is a good live cut, a good live representation of the performance. But those three have always, you know, kind of stand out, at least today. Um, as for favorite song off the studio side, Rocket Ride, it's not even a, it's not even a fight. Not There's just nothing there. Mark, how about you? Okay, well, like you, my number one favorite of the three is I Stole Your Love. I always thought that's one of the greatest opening songs that they've ever had. And it's a shame that they don't use it more often as an opener. I think it's a great opening song. Um, number two, I mentioned it already, Ladies Room. I think it's a really a good step up from the studio version. I think they really gave it some much needed balls to it in the live version. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, the third song is Calling Dr. Love. I, I've always loved that song, studio or live. And I think that uh, they deliver fantastically well on live album with this uh as for my favorite studio song i mean i like all of them on there but i think the song that i find myself always you know repeating and trying to and listen to more often than the other ones is larger than life i really think that that's one of gene's strongest songs that he's written i i think it's just fantastic and that drum sound is incredible on that nice good picks as always lonnie how about you um, I'm going to agree with you on I Still Your Love. I think it's 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 really fantastic live. And I really like the version of God, God of Thunder, actually. It's actually my go-to version of God of Thunder. And my third pick for the live version has to be King of the Nighttime World, actually. I really 
enjoy the live version of that. Again, Mark talked talk about um, I Still Your Love, the song they don't do very often. King of the Nighttime World has really been a neglected song mm. as well. I, they kind of teased us with it a couple of years ago and then dropped it after a few after a few shows. But I wish they'd do that song more often. It's really, really classic. So um, those three are my favorite live cuts off the album. And again, Rocket Ride um, is my favorite studio track on Not Even Close. Okay. Ken, talk us down. Give us the reasonable line. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did not. I'm the only one that did not choose I Stole Your Love. Really? Um just because I think I've heard better live versions of it, uh, you know, I guess. Um, but for me, the songs that I like best, the, the three, um, are, I think, Love Guns, fantastic. I mean, just, just a fantastic version of it. Calling Dr. Love, just like uh, Mark, you know, that's just, it's a great live. And I'll agree with Lonnie with God of Thunder. That is the better you know sped up version uh, instead of the old you know destroyer kind of plotting kind of yeah. version uh i like that they they played it at a faster tempo um and it, and it worked and it's 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 pretty cool line with the jeans vocal as for the studio cut uh i'm gonna go with larger than life and another <laughs> another mark match um <laughs> And uh, because you know, same reasons that yeah, the uh, it's a great song by Gene, a uh, little different than his normal songs. Again, another one that's kind of outside his normal writing style. And then including the 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 drums, but the the all the guitar solos, you know, inserted by uh, Bob Kulik were just fantastic, just fantastic, ripping away on those. So uh, that's the song, studio song I like. Yeah. Um, before we get into the what if fantasy side of this discussion, shout it out loud as releases the first single. They delete they they delayed and this is Casablanca Records mm-hmm. um, delayed issuing a single off the album until they'd had feedback from radio. They really tried to target a song that was going to be successful within you know the bounds of also Paola um, and probably because Aerosmith had had success with reissuing Trevon and Walk This Way on both of those. They, they probably wanted to get this single to have a second chance, uh, you know, second bite at the cherry, becoming a hit, shouted out loud. Do you think that was a good pick for the first single? And if not, what would have been your choice for a more appropriate lead-off single from this live album? Lonnie. Um... I think it was a good lead-off single that, it's a, again, it goes back to Kiss wanting an anthem-type song, really wanted an anthem-type song to be their calling card. They had a lot of success with Rock and Roll All Night as a live song off of A Live One. Um, and, go, and keeping that in mind, maybe a good reason why they said, you know, let's put Tomorrow and Tonight on on there as a live version because it's another it's another anthem type song as well not knowing what kind of response it might get thinking maybe you know we may, we may still have something here even though we didn't have even what's kind of a throwaway on on love gun maybe it could it could turn into something as a live version like rock and roll and night did um i really don't have a problem with shout out out loud being the single because you could say we're gonna we've, we've sat here and said oh i love the version of i Store your love on there well i Store your love was off a of love gun that had just come out um, not too long, not too long since then. Well, do we want to, you know, is that really going to, again, going back to all the albums we released so close together, is that just going to kill Love Gun if we make I Stole Your Love a single off Alive too? I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe they think, you know, maybe Destroyers maybe kind of run its course by now. We can take a song off Destroyer and as a rallying song and make that the single. So I, I think it's actually a pretty good choice to be the single, even though none of us said it was our top three song live songs on the album. Yeah, that was all very logical and well-reasoned out, so, you know. Don't get used to it. <laughs> Mark, how about you? Um, I didn't mind Shout It Out Loud. I mean, I'm trying to remember, um, wasn't that the single that had nothing to lose on the backside of that, was it? I don't remember if there was, there was one. So. I, I think it might have had... I think yeah. so. 
Yeah. Yeah. Live, so the live version from Alive. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it's an, it was, I think that was, thought that was always an interesting sort of single to release. Um, personally, I think that there are better songs on there that he could have released. If if I was going to release a different song and a live song, I think I would have probably did shock me because I think that that's kind of a song that uh, other people really got into. It was, it was a song that it was introducing Ace as the singer of the band. And I thought that it, it was a really strong song, not only in studio, but live as well for them. So I, I thought that that might have been a good, strong representation of their live set, having him sing it. But I mean, if they were even going to release, let's say, one of the studio cuts for, for a single author, I would have also said Rocket Ride, too, because I think that that also is a good representation of what his fans wanted to hear. Out of all the songs that were on the studio side... I think that was the most Kiss-like, the one that people said, yeah, that sounds like a Kiss song to me. I think the other ones had elements of it, obviously, but I think that one had the strongest element, funny enough, considering that Ace wrote it. Yeah. Ken, how about you? Well, I think, uh, shout out loud, yeah, while it's, it's good and kind of, yeah, it's a no-brainer, I think it's it's too close to the time they released it, you know. They already tried. I know you talked about Aerosmith. But I think Aerosmith, they they released the actual studio cut, right? They didn't release a a live version yeah. of. Yeah, that's right. On both of those, they were the you know the same version. Right. So, I, actually, the uh, the Dream On was uh, the full album version, whereas the original one released in '73 had been a edit. Okay. Sorry, well, minutia. No, yeah, it's alright. I love that. Stuff. Good to know. Um, so you know, I don't I don't know as for a live cut, you know, releasing that, uh, you know, I'm like, Mark, I, I, you know, I would have went for just putting out rocket ride as a single from this. Um, you know, it is new music from that standpoint. And I think that one's maybe the best, you know, catchy type studio cut that they put on here. Um, I don't know. The subject matter might, make it through AM radio or not. I don't know, but, <laughs> um, it, it'll probably get, yeah, by better than larger than life. So yeah, uh, I just say rocket ride. Yeah. You know, I think Lonnie kind of talked me out of changing it with his logic. Sorry. It out loud. And it, do, <laughs> it, it does kind of make sense. You know, it was the oldest single from the second trio of albums and it didn't do that well. Um, and paired with the first single off the first trio of albums, it kind of makes kind sense of as a <laughs> as a package now. So yeah, it, it's it's a good song. Just looking through the track listing, uh, you know, for all the other options, and I don't think any of them would have been good as an A side option. So they they might well have just done Ken's option if if not shout it out loud. But I think shout it out loud is a good rep. When you when you don't have rock and roll all night on there to re-release again for a third time, <laughs> shout it out yeah. loud's probably the closest song um, yeah. to that sort True. of anthemic material. Yeah. And it was right to follow it up with Rocket Ride, one song off the um, you know the, mm-hmm. the studio side, and of course they planned a third single, you know, which was going to be All American Man of all things. Um, Interesting. Then they bumped it in favor of Strutter 78. So I, I think they got the single choice <laughs> right off this album. And, you know, it didn't do much again. It went to 54 on the U.S. charts. And in Canada, it went to A, 74. So even Canada couldn't save a live two. But that's how pissed <laughs> off they were rocking in the USA. Wow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Canada. Let, let's get let's get into um, the the what if, and we're gonna lop off this whole studio side, which should never have been included on a live album. It would have been better on double platinum as a fourth side there. You know what? With the that five song space now available to you, what existing songs would you keep off alive to? What songs would you dump? So let's start with the, let's take a dump. What songs do you want to dump off alive to? Um, you just don't think should be there for whatever reasons. Ken, we'll start with you. Well, I'm not going to dump any songs, but I am going to add instead. Well, can I add the songs instead? 
of the fourth side? Am I allowed to do that? We don't have any rules. You're allowed to do whatever the hell you want. Oh, right. It's your show, too. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I mean, though I could say, yeah, you know, tomorrow, tonight, or whatever. Uh, I'm just going to keep it because I I always, you know, when I first got it, I thought it was all live. And that's the way it was. Um, Even though, of course, the fourth side wasn't live. So if we got rid of those studio cuts and I added five songs to the end um, or mixed in wherever, um, in the set list, um, or this imaginary set list now. <laughs> um, the five songs I put on there is Take Me, is one song. Uh, Got Love for Sale, I would have live. Do You Love Me, I put on that. And Hooligan, and Love Them and Leave Them. Those are the five songs that I would insert in place of those studio cuts. Interesting. Fair enough. Um, yeah. No matter what happens with my list, and I'm still thinking about it, I'm dumping tomorrow and tonight. <laughs> that thing is out of here. That is not fair baseball. That shouldn't be on there. <laughs> I don't like the song anyway, so it's, it's out of here. Um, Lonnie. But, um, as I mentioned earlier, I would dump Hard Luck Woman and, and Tomorrow and Tonight. I just don't feel like they belong on there. Um, and in their place would have had we said earlier was take me and hooligan because they were performed on the tour i think it's a better representation of what the band was at that point in time getting rid of those five studio tracks i would add do you love me to mirror what ken said uh, i would add love them and leave them and then i would add some stuff as much as i said i understand why they didn't put a lot of stuff on there a live one stuff on there if you want a really good snapshot of the band in 1977, I would still put on Firehouse, Deuce, and Rock and Roll All Night because they were still performing those three songs fairly regularly, and I think it would have been an accurate depiction of what the band was. And Julian's shaking his head at me. They weren't performing Deuce at the time, were they? Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Jul- Julian's just smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> I'm going to start posting furious corrections on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Except mine will probably as have typos. As, as, soon as, as soon as I said it, you shook, it, you shook your head. I'm like, yep, dude, they weren't pregnant. <laughs> I, I made a similar mistake, though, because um, what, when we did the when – we, when we took out the five studio songs, I added in five – but I also dumped off three songs as well and added three. So I dumped three and added eight songs. So I dumped, much like you guys, I dumped off Tomorrow and Tonight. I dumped off Hard Luck, Hard Luck Woman. And I also dumped off King of the Nighttime World. Yeah, you had to uh, take a Destroyer <laughs> song out of there somehow. Yeah, of course, because, you know. <laughs> well, it, had been, it, it hadn't, in hadn't been in the set for years. So that's the one we don't know where it came from. That's yeah, there true. You go. There you go. Now, the first song that I added is the one that Julian would have shook his head if I went before you, is I added Deuce in, into it, oh. right? But I added Hooligan. I added Let Me Go Rock and Roll. I added Nothing nothing to Lose. I added Firehouse. I added Cold Gin. I added Rock and Roll Night, and I added Black Diamond back. I like that. Hmm. Interesting. I'm actually, you know, I don't have a problem with anyone adding Deuce back in. You know what? It had been dropped in 76. Deuce. It was time for it to be back in the set. Yeah. And it would have been a hell of a lot better than, you know, maybe one or two of those right. picks. You know, get rid of Tomorrow Tonight and throw Deuce in, no problem. Um, yeah. You know, again, that's the only song I'm dropping. So I'm going to add stuff in like Take Me, Hooligan, mm-hmm. Do You Love Me. You know, it's on that misprint rear cover. The, yes. Those three right. have exactly. got to go yeah. on that album. Um they just have to be there. And then looking at the set list from the Alive 2 tour, you got to have Black Diamond. you got to have Deuce. I'm going with that now because, you know, Lonnie and Mark both are right. Talked into it. Oh, yeah, you guys are totally right. Um, and I don't want to pick Firehouse. You know, and then I want Let Me Go Rock and Roll and Rock and Roll All Night. You know, you got to have a little bit of continuity with the past, even yeah. with an overwhelming um, kind of recreation of – you know, just a, 
all new material live. I, I, I do like that concept of having nothing but that, but you do need the encores. I would have kept, you know, how they were going to do the encore section on the Live 2 tour, which went rock and roll all yeah. night, Detroit Rock City, Beth, and then Black Diamond. I mean, that's a yeah. badass ending. And then, then I would have started it with I Stole Your Love into King of the Nighttime World. So, yeah. You know, just to, and then everything else in the middle, forget it. You know, just do whatever works with flow as they're they're sticking this together. And you know, this is Eddie Kramer. You know, the engineer is much better taking a jigsaw puzzle and putting it together than like having a, I don't want to say a real producer, but a producer's producer. Um, mm. You don't need that for a live album, do you, Mark? No, especially the one that you're probably thinking about. Uh, I would I would keep him far away from a live album because who knows what he would have done with it? Added orchestras and choirs and who knows other nonsense into it. So um, yeah, but I, I think that you you're you're right though. I think that the starting of it should have been like I stole your love, and then I put Deuce right after that instead of King of the Nighttime World. Uh, but you know that to me is something that always pops into my head when I think of this time period. It's like, you know, them coming down with those elevators on when they're doing I Stole Your Love. I mean, that to me is like a, ingrained in my head. Like for to, to, That's why when I first heard this album and I heard them starting with Detroit Rock City, I was always kind of like, really? Like, why are they starting with that? Like, I always pictured that as the start of their encore all the time. You know, that, that that's mm-hmm. what they were doing back then. And, you know, Beth and then Black Diamond, right? But, uh, you know... So I also I also envisioned how they would normally run off their set where you would kind of put, you know, God of Thunder near the very end almost because they would do like the, that song, you know, with the blood first then do the drum solo bit. And then after that, they would end off with Rock and Roll Night, you know, the, the big ending there and then do the encore. So and everything in between, like you said, it could be anything. But, you know, you have all kinds of things you can put in there that we mentioned. Shock Me and Hooligan and Making Love, Christine 16. There's all kinds of songs that they could have done on here. But I think the the main thing that makes this album better for me now with the way I did it now is the beginning and the ending, like you said, because what they do at the beginning is always etched on people's brains and forever it'll be that way, like the I Stole Your Love and also the ending. Them ending with something different than Black Diamond it just seems unimaginable to me. Un-American too, Mark. That's right. Very un. Not, it's like a, it's like apple pie. It's More like Canadian. Canadian. Right. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Which begs the question: What do Canadians have at their Thanksgiving, and what are Canadians giving thanks for? Uh, well, Cold we have weather. turkey and stuff like that, and we have. You just, a, co- we have you just pat- copy the Yanks. Wow. Of, I guess well, we have pumpkin pie and we have potato salad and all kinds of different types of stuffing and stuff like that. And uh, what do we give thanks for? Well, I don't know. I guess my parents always gave thanks for, you know, coming to Canada from, you know, the recently invaded Czechoslovakia at that time when they, when they left there. So they've always been thankful for that. But, you know, the cold weather we're not thankful for. It's already starting now and I'm hating it. <laughs> don't worry. You only got it for like eight more months up there. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking cold in San Francisco today, 65 degrees. God damn it. How do you deal with it? Oh, <laughs> it's torture with all those earthquakes we've had this week as well. So, mm. yeah, yeah. So, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We had a few. There's one over closer to Ken than me. Um, so, I felt it good. <laughs> would any of you change the packaging? You know, I, I was going to spring that question and. and when I was talking about it's such a crappy front cover and then you open it up and you get, wow, it really mm-hmm. is one of those situations where I don't think I would change it. I mean, in its own kind of pathetic way, it's I, 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 the cool. word, the, no, the word iconic is over years, yeah. but it is cool. And that back maybe cover, this, that back put this on front, maybe, you know? Yeah. That, that, that four picture sequence is just perfection. And that layout is, is just, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't even imagine it any other way at this point, can you? I mean, sure. it almost seems like we're so used to that imagery now that just to even imagine it being something different, I mean, it it just 
they just can't can't picture it. I mean, hold that cover up again for a second, Ken. Which one? The front the, the front cover. Yeah, I mean, even though the the pictures are kind of small, and I agree, I would have maybe made the pictures just a bit bigger, maybe, mm-hmm. and maybe, you know, made the Alive 2 font a bit smaller just to make the pictures bigger. But other than that, I don't think there's anything really that I would have changed. I mean, Kiss, that logo mm-hmm. looks fantastic. And I mean, that's really the thing that's going to catch people's yeah. eye, right? When they want to, when you want to go and buy it. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a bit on the small yeah. side. I think the logo get, might get lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's without the logo. There you go. <laughs> Lonnie, now, just, now just without the logo. <laughs> Lonnie, what are your thoughts on, would you I don't know. package? I, 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 as much as I like the inside gatefold, I, th- I still think you should have had some kind of, some kind. It's 5:45. Jesus Christ. Some sort of live shot of the band on the front cover in the same vein as Alive. I still think there should have been some kind of live shot of the band. You know, there there are some great shots of the band. Um, from that time period, and I, w- I wish I had the photo that's in the back of my mind right now at the show. But I, but I, I feel like a live shot of Kiss. It's alive too. It should be a live shot of the band on the front cover. I think that would have made more sense. You could still put. I, I like those four pictures of the band that are that are on the front of the cover. They're also on the back of the cover. Leave them there on the back of the cover. But I think a live shot of the band would have been more impressive. Um. For for a live for a live album, then just kiss alive too, real big. I think a live shot would have been the answer. Yeah, yeah I, I, I kind I of agree. Go, I don't think you go wrong with that. Something an updated version of the alive cover. Correct. You know, but how do you condense that gatefold down into a single panel? It's yeah, they'll have to use something else where they're jamming on stage or something, and still Correct. keep it. Yeah, and, just, and you know what they can do. For the big thing, they should have thrown in a poster of that centerfold of the, you know, the gatefold. Yeah. Uh, you could that, actually buy one back then, wasn't it? The Kiss Live oh, yeah. poster. I used, I used to have gatefold. one. Unfortunately, I don't have it anymore. But <laughs> I did have that poster. Um, but that would have been even a, a more amazing package had they thrown a poster in um, of that, which, they, you know, they started doing in the following years and solo albums and dynasty and then masks right so uh yeah again though the cover still is much better than this cover you know that's <laughs> much better than this there's a lot of there's a lot of cover. things better than that yeah yeah Looks and by the way this is a pass that you know they gave out when you at the record store when it, when it came out so you can go to the meet and greet of of uh you know, for Kiss uh, in a secret location, supposedly. This sticker admits one to the exclusive Kiss party at a secret location. See store for details. But anyway, it was at the Club Oasis in San Francisco back nice. in, back in, uh, what was it, 93? 93. July yeah. 13th. Let me read it a bit. Uh, yeah, so that was something that at least I got to do back then. But. Yeah, that cover. Again, Alive 2 is kind of a special album, so I don't mind the cover so much. Yeah. I do mind the book. The Evolution of Kiss. Oh, yeah? Book. Yeah. What's your problem with that? Oh. Well, the, the coolest part about okay. it to me back then was that it, um, you know, this is only after I started getting into vinyl, you know, finding out that it existed. Number one was cool, mm-hmm. but the Red Room photos, that was my first interaction with those. Now, for an album that omits everything in basically 1973, 74, 75, and focuses solely on material from 76 and 77, it seems to be a contradiction to have a booklet in there that then covers the whole of the band's history when the album doesn't. So I would have liked them to have just focused, you know, done an updated book, basically, of the original, like, what was a Rock
um, something similar to that that just focused on those two years and what three tours in essence or two tours similar yeah. you know to the uh, the alive booklet rather yeah. than commingling it in with all of the rest of the history which yeah it was nice i also think that big picture of paul's horrendous in that book uh, yeah come on Ken. that's it yeah i think that is awful the kissy face <laughs> i think it's awful the, the semi-pout that's his kissy face yeah <laughs> but it, it doesn't it doesn't look right i mean it's like one of those uh, warring abbott photos the star is on the correct eye <laughs> well yeah that that's you know that's good but uh i i just never liked that photo so let's see the, let's see the ace one there ken yeah yeah the ace the ace one's good you know what's yeah, interesting is when you when you, when you look at him yeah. when you look at him there in that picture and then you look at the back cover of the album cover i'll put up the back cover of the album for a second mm -hmm. Like his, his, it looks like he has like completely different colored hair. It's only because of the lighting, also obviously. Lighting, but yeah, yeah, yeah it, it looks like he has like orange hair almost in that photo. Orange when I first hair. saw that picture, I used to think that he had red hair. When I saw that when I was really young, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also bothered me in the book that, uh, you know, you have. I'm just flipping through the book here on on the website. You've got Paul from seven from the Red Room. Uh, you've got Ace from, that looks like Fillmore or something. Um, yeah, you, you know, there, there's no kind of continuity between the pictures. Um, yeah. Each one of them from like 73 is not from the same photo shoot. The, it, it's, it's just like cobbled together. I don't like it. I also thought uh, the fucking tattoos pissed me off because I left that sheet, the protective sheet off one of them and left uh -huh. it in the album and they've rubbed off in the heat onto the... <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah, uh, on, on nice. the center rings. I mean, and, and I was so pleased at that time to have found one that still had that intact. So, I, I think they could have done, and I, you know, better on the inserts than they did. It was just, I mean, I know they were going for younger fans, so little robot tattoos. I mean, uh, I can't say the word anymore. <laughs> but you ought to which word I was thinking. So, um, yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap this one up, I think. So Alive 2, um, I think the overall opinion of this album is pretty positive. You know, it was an introduction to a lot of the catalog for some of us. It was, you know, it, if it's Ken's first album, that's a, you know, that's a winner. Mm -hmm. yeah. A winner. Um, you know, it does have its high points. And, you know, those five songs, I still think it would be better on double platinum and that this should have just been a pure live album. And compilations you can get away with, uh, or studio compilations you can get away with adding new tracks to. Um, but I guess that's it. You know, next week uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit more of the Alive 2 era mm. and uh, hopefully have some fun on that episode. But I think for now, that's just our quick recap of Kiss mm. Alive 2 on whatever day you saw it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whose phone was it? Not mine. <laughs> well, obviously, tickle Lonnie. <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. We thank you for joining us. So from Mark, from Ken, uh, Lonnie, and myself, thanks, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.